You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Onyx Maps and Onyx Hunt. Now, you guys have heard me talk about Onyx a lot over the course of the last couple months, and I love the digital mapping uh, that you can do on this app. Uh, I love the fact that you can journal uh, all of your encounters, you can document sign, you can basically tell a story on that app. But one of the cool things that really sticks out to me, and one thing that I've been using a lot this year, is the ability to attach a photo to a waypoint. And for me, that's a big deal. So when I'm digging through my trail camera locations or my uh, tree stand locations, I can attach an image and say, okay, this trail camera has this buck showing up on it, or this tree stand I had an encounter with this buck. And it, it, is just one of those things that again helps me make faster decisions, you know, based off wind direction, based off access routes, based off of time of year, crop rotation, right? But that photo allows me to know what deer are in the area and it allows me to do, you know, make better decisions. And, you know, for the guy out west, you could do the same thing. Hey, check, I had an encounter with this bull last year, or I had an encounter with this antelope or this buck last year, or this herd of does was over here. And it's just another tool that you can use to journal and document your season on onyx if you want to find out more information about onyx visit onyxmaps.com and if you want to save 20 percent off your first purchase of onyx enter the discount code nation 20 n-a-t-i-o-n two zero Mic check, mic check, here we go. Welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And today's episode was supposed to be about scouting public land and terrain features and access routes and wind and all the details about hunting. But we got distracted really quickly. So I turned to this conversation with chad sylvester from exodus trail cameras into a two-part podcast the first part of this podcast is me and him have a discussion about being self-employed especially in the hunting industry and i talk about my first full year of self-employment with the nine finger chronicles and the sportsman's nation i talk about the failures i talk about the stressful times um he's he does the same and he talks about you know the the scary times when you're self-employed uh that we all have you know especially if you're listening and you're self-employed i'm sure you can attest to that and it's just a really good conversation about how 
I've managed to do what I've done and how he's managed to build Exodus over the last handful of years. And um, I'll be honest, I'm pretty proud of myself for being able to stick it out and sacrifice and have discipline. And we talk about all this in the podcast, but in order for me to uh, maintain an income and support my family doing what I absolutely love. And that's talking with hunter, other hunters about hunting and fishing and public land and conservation and, and hunting gear and equipment on a daily basis. And, uh, I, I cannot stress enough how much I appreciate you all listening to this and following along and supporting me in this journey, because without you and without the partners of this podcast, uh, this is not possible. So a a big thank you. You guys deserve a big thank you. And uh, so a very interesting, not necessarily hunting specific podcast uh, today, but it gives you guys kind of a background of where I'm at and and how I got to where I'm at today. So uh, we do have to do a commercial though. And of course it's Wasp Broadheads. Now Wasp is an American made company, right? They have some absolutely badass products and they have the best blades that, you know, as far as material, they have the best ferrules and it's just a hardcore piece of equipment that you put on the end of an arrow that kills animals, right? And you want the first thing that contacts that animal to be very high quality. And Wasp definitely does that, again, with the material, their design, the construction. So go to wasparchery.com, check out their mechanicals and their fixed blades, and uh, take a look at everything that they offer. Read up on whatever you know, you like, whether you're a fixed blade guy or a mechanical guy. And then when you decide to purchase, I got to pull out a discount code here for you. Enter the discount code nine fingers. That's the number nine followed by the word fingers, F I N G E R S nine fingers for 20% off your purchase. All right. We are done talking about the intro. My son is interrupting this intro He's making some noise in here, so we're going to cut right to the episode. In three, two, one. All right, on the phone with me today, uh, returning guest, he's been on quite a bit, Chad from Exodus, Chad Sylvester from Exodus. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Uh, just getting the day rolling. It was late, late, late night last night, so we got a late start this morning, but uh, yeah. So uh, and, uh, the last day, the last day of the week in the office. I'm excited for the weekend. You, uh, you a coffee drinker? <laughs> yes, I am. A, I don't, I'm not going to say I'm a connoisseur because I don't care what it tastes like. Right. I just need the, uh, I just need the caffeine. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a caffeine addict. I don't know what it's like. <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, but I've never been addicted to a drug and then have tried to leave it. But, you know, you hear you hear these stories about people people who are addicted to, like, heroin or cocaine or crystal <laughs> meth, and then they try to quit it, and it's just, like, a nightmare for them because yeah. of addiction. Yeah. I wonder what would happen if, I mean, I literally rely on coffee to get me through the day. Like, last night I had a cup of coffee at 6 o'clock at, the, at night before I started working. Yeah, in right, order, right. And just so I could not fall asleep at my desk uh, while I'm, you know, after the kids get to bed and whatnot. Yep, yep. So I'm going to take yeah, a sip, I w- take I a sip say, right now. 
if if uh, if either one of us probably stopped drinking coffee, we'd probably go on like a uh, a ninety six hour nap just to, <laughs> just to get caught up from the last couple of months. Right, right. So uh, here's what here's what's going to happen today on this episode. Uh, we're going to jump kind of all over the place, but the first thing that I want to uh, talk about is going to be being self-employed. And the second thing that I want to talk about is uh, you recently went on a scouting trip and I want to talk about how you scout terrain features, access routes, all that stuff. But I I have to, I want to start it off here. Um, One year ago today, I was brought into a room. I was sitting in my cubicle. My boss came up to me and said, Hey, I need you to come with me. Pulled me into a room with a handful of other people and said, uh, today is your last day working here. And since then I have been making my living and supporting my family through the sportsman's nation and through the, uh, uh, nine finger chronicles and, and, uh, all the other side gigs that I, I do to make money. And you are also self-employed. So I just want to kind of ask you, you know, just off of a curiosity basis, what was that? that jump like actually what were you doing before you started exodus yeah well first uh congratulations man 12 months that's uh that's a big milestone i know um i remember those those early days and the and how nerve-wracking it could be um with the uncertainty mm-hmm. you know healthcare, care leaving health care if you had health care and you know um putting your family pretty much 100 percent on your shoulders so that hitting that twelve month milestone is a it's a big deal. So congrats to you, man. That's um that that's cool to hear. Um, you for me, I guess before my story is a little bit different. Um, you know, I grew up in a uh, a family of entrepreneurs, I guess, but not really in in the modern day sense. My grandfather was a uh, was a farmer, and he was a tinker who always was trying to invent things in the shop and start businesses. And, you know, he's, uh, he's in the seventies now, but the guy has probably owned 30 businesses um, over the last 40 years. And most of them have failed, but uh, he has been successful a couple of times. And I can remember when I was a teenager, he sat me down one time. We were, I can't remember, I can't remember what we were doing, but we were out in the barn and uh, he sat me down and he said, you know, there's a lot of people that um, go to work for somebody else every day. And they make a good living, and they're able to have a have a good life. They have you know pay for a house, they raise a family, and there's you know he looked at me and said, "There's nothing wrong with that." But if you ever want anything for yourself, you need to work for yourself. So that that's something that kind of always always stuck with me. Even you know over the last twenty twenty years, I guess um, I can still remember sitting in that chair and you know listen to him talk and, and uh, make that point to me. But yeah, that's um, that's kind of when. I realized like, Hey, if I ever want anything and, and, and he wasn't talking about money. Um, he's talking about building, um, you know, building a lifestyle, having land, uh, having the opportunities to do things that you wanted in life on kind of on your terms rather than on someone else's. But, but um, ever since then, I, you know, bounced around different, uh, different businesses and whatnot. But, um, you know, when I was in college, I was playing football and I realized like, you know, after school, like I, I didn't want to work a regular nine to five. So I, uh, I pursued a, a rodeo career, um, in the PRCA for about seven, eight years. And during that time, my dad actually owned a, uh, uh, an engineering firm, 
a civil construction engineering firm and went to work for him for a little bit. And uh, we branched off uh, and started a telecom company, which we did that in 2012, um, managing projects and whatnot for Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, you know, the uh, cellular carriers across the, across the United States. And um, I can remember sitting in the office and just being just absolutely miserable, not because of the work, but because of the people that I was with. Like I just, every single day, I like this first time in my life, I dreaded going to work. Like I honestly, I hated it. I hated every second of it. Right. So that's, um, that's what I was doing before we had started Exodus. And then, uh, you know, I had met Matt Klein, uh, my former business partner and, you know, co-founder of Exodus. And, um, you know, that idea was really born in 2014, um, you know, we didn't start the company until 2015, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was not, um, you know, I didn't grow up saying, um, I want to start an outdoor industry company yeah. here and I want to work in the hunting industry. That's not really how it happened. Um, it just kind of happened because I was miserable at what I was doing Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I, I needed a way out and, you know, as Matt and I, went down that path it it was just a an obvious an obvious choice but it wasn't you know i think my situation your situation is probably a little bit different dan um you know it wasn't like i woke up one day and i was like all right well now i'm full you know i'm i'm all in on this i'm i'm completely full time i worked i worked two jobs for uh 18 or 24 months right so i was able to kind of replace my income um before i let the let the the daytime uh, job go so i think in my situation there was a little more uh, a little more security yeah and i'm not saying what what you did is, uh wasn't practical but i had you know a little bit more stability i guess yeah um, it just wasn't like an overnight light switch thing where i'm like all right look this is it i'm full-time in the outdoor industry and i'm kicking everything else to the wayside and here we go right so, right yeah. i'll tell you what i think i feel like i got a little lucky uh, because I had a full-time job and I was already making income off of uh, the Sportsman's Nation and Nine Fingers, um, and I was making good. I was making good money um, with my job, right? So I was I was living really good with that secondary income off Sportsman's Nation. You know that went to basically pay for all of my hunting expenses, right? Trips, you know, uh, trail trail cameras, gear, all that stuff. And then when I was pulled into that room and let go, it was basically a huge shift in how I was living, right? Mm-hmm. All, the, all the extra now had to be dedicated to the family. And there was a period of about two months where I was in negotiations with uh, different businesses about, you know, are they going to uh, partner with the Sportsman's Nation? And there was a two-month period there where I was like, okay, I just got a check. It will last me this long, but if I don't sign these deals in this period of time, I'm going to have to go back to try to uh, get, you know, uh, go back and try to get another job somewhere else to support the family if this doesn't work out. And with a little bit of luck, I landed those said deals and it allowed me to, it really, it allowed me to kick off the sportsman's nation and dedicate a shit ton more time to it. And, uh, I think maybe you will agree, agree with me, but once you were able to go to Exodus full time, did you see the return 
like exponentially grow because you were able to just straight up put more time into it? Well, you know, I no, actually, I I can't say that I did because um, you know when I say I was working two full time jobs, I mean I was working eighty to hundred hours a week. Yeah. Um, when we had started this, and I'm, you know, I don't know what your situation was, but I had a little bit of um, I was managing projects at that telecom company, so there were there were days where I would be in the office, I was on salary, so I may have only had two hours worth of work or a couple calls to make that day. So I was. Uh, there was a there was a period of time where actually it was building Exodus on you know on uh, company on another time. company <laughs> dollar yeah exactly hey so man I, I think was, I I did a little bit of that as well <laughs> but I think you know you made a really good point there um, about how you built you know nine fingers and Sportsman's Nation and uh, you had I guess side money or play money and. I don't want to say play money. Play money is probably the wrong word, but I think it comes down to, you know, what, when you started this venture, um, it seemed to me like, you know, just knowing you over the last five years, you're very financially disciplined um, to to where you, when you had an opportunity to do this full time, you were able to, you know, if, yeah. if, um, if, you know, if people aren't smart with their money and I'm not telling anyone, you know, how to live and what, what to spend their money on, but um, you know, it's, if you are have the entrepreneurial um, spirit or, you know, the business bug or whatever you want to call it, having, you know, being financially disciplined is going to allow you the freedom to kind of um, take these risks and yeah. um, take a chance on what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that had a lot to do with it. And I'll be honest with you though. Um, there, it's still, money is still different than it was a year ago. Right. Um, yeah going you know having just a giant chop off of guaranteed money come in to and and you know how it is you can't guarantee that exodus is going to sell x amount of trail cameras every year so right right so there is a bit of like a life risk involved there um has there ever been a time throughout being self-employed that things got maybe a little scary or money started getting tight, or maybe you and the wife were like, "Hey, man, <laughs> like, because because for me, just being straight up honest here, me and my wife had ha- have had over the last year some knock down, drag out fights oh, yeah. about the direction of because she doesn't necessarily see everything that I see. She sees the right. checks come in, and mm-hmm. sometimes those checks don't. And you know how the hunting industry is sometimes, man, it's, it's crazy. I mean, um, sometimes the checks don't come in on time. Sometimes, uh, people say one thing and they do something else. And, uh, so there's, there's no guaranteed money really. So my wife has a huge problem with that and God bless her soul for, for having faith in me, uh, has, did you ever have to go through any of that? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Like, so we're uh, we're five years into Exodus, and it's still like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the early days, I think she was excited to see me. So excited about a new venture. Yeah. Um, but as that romantic um, newlywed, I guess, period <laughs> kind of faded away, and it faded away pretty damn fast. Right. But, um, yeah. I mean, the stresses that it puts on. I guess being self-employed, the stresses it puts on your personal relationships, it is not easy to deal with. And I'll be honest, yeah, you know, I deal with stress. 
I feel pretty damn well, whether, you know, on the business side, worrying about employees, worrying about, you know, money, worrying about development and, and production and all the stuff you have with a business. I have the hardest time dealing with the stress that it, that it, like that this business causes on my family. Yeah. That's um, a fact. You know, the time away from your kids, I feel terrible. Like, you know, I, yesterday was a 22, 22 hour workday for us. Yeah. Um, you know, and I get home and this morning and the kids are jumping on me and want me to, you know, get out of bed and go play with them. And it's like, well, I got to go in the office to, you know, get stuff done. Cause if I don't like, you know, we don't have money. So, right. um, yeah, the stresses that, you know, that it puts on your family. I think that's the hardest thing for me to deal with. And, um, you know, my wife gives me a, a ton of a leeway to travel and, you know, basically to, you know, do my thing and, and do what we do. But, um, it's not easy. I mean, there's times where, you know, we get into, like you said, these knock, knockout, drag down, drag out, knockout fights that, um, uh, you know, usually it, <laughs> for us, you know, I don't know. I, every relationship's a little bit different, but those aren't like 24 hour fights for us. Those are like five to seven days before <laughs> someone's willing to say they're, they're sorry. So I'm either, uh, I need to sleep on the couch or sleep in the spare room. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the truth though, man. No, it's, that is, uh, that's you know, a fact, man. I'm laughing yeah, because yeah. I, I can relate. Right. Uh, right. And right. you know, that is the hardest thing for me is, okay. So my two boys, are young enough to where um, my my youngest, he's home all day. And it really sucks. Here's what I struggle with is I want to go outside. I want to play with them. I want to, do you know, play cars and, and wrestle with them and stuff. But I have to do work throughout the day. So I feel like a shitty parent when I have to, you know, we, we can't necessarily afford daycare full time at this point. So I... You know, here I am. I'm, I'm on my phone. I'm doing Instagram stuff. I'm, you know, checking emails. I'm responding to emails. And then so I'm relying a lot on TV and Mario Kart for them to get through the day. And then my daughter right. gets home from school. And then the second she gets home, I have about a an hour window where I, I can play. And at the same time, I'm cooking supper. And then when my wife gets home or my wife is done with her job, then it's then I have to flip and go straight upstairs and work, you know, until work's done basically. And sometimes that can be two hours. Sometimes that can be eight hours or or more, um, depending on what it is. And, you know, I really, I did an Instagram post today where I was talking about some, some words and it's just a simple word that I say to myself every single day and it's discipline and sacrifice. And, and sometimes those have negative connotations, but like discipline from, to me means stay the course, be disciplined in your process and, and really focus hard on what your goals are and being disciplined will help you achieve those goals. And I think that that's, that's one thing. And then that I've really tried to stay true to and then sacrifice and, that means that, you know, I, I don't want to intentionally have my wife have to sacrifice or my kids have to sacrifice certain things, but that, that shit just happens. Right. Right. For me, for me, like sacrifice is one of those things where, um, I know that I'm not going to be able to do certain things. I know sacrifice for me is having to work till midnight every night and getting up at five 30 every morning. Right. So that's, that's a sacrifice, but that sacrifice and any failure that I have along the way can be 
transformed in, into success if I stay disciplined. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. So I can't, I can't agree with you anymore. There's, you know, looking around the office here, there's, um, there's two signs, I guess. Um, one of them is like right on my desk, right in front of my face right now, and, and it's a, it's a question. Uh, it says, "Who am I letting down today?" And then yeah, it says, "Execute, point. execute, execute." And you know that goes to the the sacrifice that you had mentioned. Um, you know, I don't want other people to sacrifice. I'm willing to take that burden on myself and, right. and sacrifice not sleep, not do, not go out to the bar and drink beer with my buddies or play golf or whatever. Like it's just work, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you 100% on that. I have a question for you though. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife, uh, she has a hard time sometimes differentiating like my play and work because we, you know, you and I both do big, what we love to do. Like our big time, our, yeah, and it's like, you know, I took the, I took a weekend last week to go um, do some postseason scouting, and of course that tri- that was basically a content trip, yeah, um, which is a big part of our our marketing strategy. And there's times where she thinks like I'm just out screwing around, like playing in the woods or doing whatever in the woods, and it's hard to uh, it's hard to you know have that message consistent to her, like, hey, this is still work. I'm not just out screwing around. Like there's an objective here that we, you know, we're trying to execute on. So do you, do you run into that same thing with, uh, with every single day, every single day? <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, me and you, we're doing what we want to do, right? We yes. are, we're, we're in some way, maybe not you as directly as me. Like I get to talk about hunting and fishing in the outdoors every single day. I'm, I'm having great conversations with great people. You're more on the manufacturing side, yet you're in an industry that you're passionate about. And those trips that you're talking about, like, for example, um, I went to Colorado uh, on an elk hunt and I, um, I spent two, roughly $2,000 on that trip. My wife sees that as $2,000 that was spent on me going and having fun. Well, right. in that period of time, you know, I'm doing all these Instagram stories. And for me, um, I gained like in that one week, I gained like 800 followers on Instagram just, wow. just through stories. And I look at that as a big business win because as we all know, social media dictates growth and, I I was blown away. I was like, man, that's awesome. I needed I need to start doing more of these um, more of these stories and whatever. And so sh- whenever I go shed hunting and I'm or I'm up here laughing and carrying on and having a good time, she sees me having fun. And well, and that's you know, like work isn't supposed to be fun. Some people, some people you know what I mean? Like literally, yeah, yeah. people look at work and they they can't say, ah, dude, I'm. I mean, I guess I don't have fun, but that's the goal of, of what we're trying to do here, right? We're trying to make our passion yeah, and work the same thing and actually spend our time having fun as opposed to me sitting in a cubicle, eating shit all day long and hating my yeah. life, doing something that I'm passionate about and, and absolutely love. And that is a, that's the, that is the biggest thing. And it sucks because I can't say to her, Hey dude, get over it. This is it, this is happening whether you like it or not because that would be, I don't know, rude and inconsiderate. But yeah. I think where, where we really have to step in is to basically tell and educate them. Like me going out and providing content helps me get more money, 
right? I mean, yeah. for, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a straight up content provider. You, you have mm-hmm. manufacturing and the marketing side of things that you're doing for your, con- you know, you're collecting content to help market your business. I mean, in a way that's kind of what I do, but my business is straight up content providing and right. man, it, it's, it, that is literally other than financial problems. That is the biggest bump in the road for me you know like because what does she see my wife has to then if i every time i leave my wife is at home with three crazy ass kids yep right and she then she sees me going to the ata show and hanging out with all my buddies or you know (laughs) i'm I'm out in the woods you know i'm getting to do but then i have to tell her listen man don't be mad at me. And she, and even I'll be honest with you. She has even said straight up to me, I resent you. There's times where I resent you because I'm yeah. stuck here yeah. and you're out my, there. My, my wife has used those same exact words. Yeah. Same exact words. Yeah. But the, the thing that I always try to do is, you know, whenever there's time and there's funds available to do things is to go do what she wants to do say yes more to her so she feels like you know i'm not going to necessarily say i'm going to try to involve her in my business because you know she's not into hunting she doesn't know about hunting she doesn't really know about what i do but if i can give back to her in some way where i can maybe get a babysitter have my parents take the kids for a night or two and then she can have a you know be a little bit more relaxed just like give back to her to know that i'm at you know hey i'm thinking about you i understand but you know, there's there's some tough conversations that have to be had to where, like, listen, I'm in this too deep now. This is my job. So, yeah. I respect you on and what you what you say, but dude, you got to get over it. <laughs> that sucks to yep. say because that's a fight. Yep. That is a fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're uh, you're 100 right though. Yeah. It's um, it's you know, regardless of what their um you know, out there as in our mm-hmm. lives, like regardless of what their position is, um, you know, at the root of it, there, there is, I guess, just cause, yeah. um, you know, being stuck at home and, and dealing with the kids. I know my wife, um, she's, she doesn't work. So she's a stay at home mom. And yeah. it's like, when I get home from the office, she's been locked up in the house with, uh, two hellions. And I, yeah. Jeez, oh man, our, my, kids are, my kids are nuts. But yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it sounds like we're both dealing with the right. same, uh, right. same kind of stuff. And uh, I, I think that you're, I think that you're taking the, the correct approach, though. Yeah, uh, in everything that you're doing there, it's definitely hard. And you know, I think, I think life in general, right? If we can learn, take something away from every single day or every argument. Um, I'm not going to say that the arguments are less frequent. It, I become, <laughs> I become better at a avoiding them or B like learning how to soften a blow. Right. So it's <laughs> like, uh, Hey, I have to do, you know, Hey, I'm going to go do this this weekend. Well, you know, I got it. I have it on the calendar where I have to go to the Iowa deer classic and, um, I, I got to work in a booth or whatever. And I got to go to the ATA show. I got to do this. Then, you know, there's, there's some anger or some resentment, but at the same time, if I can follow that up or prepare, you know, beforehand, give her some time and some space that she needs, I think uh, it all kind of works itself out in the end. And I think 
I, I, I will say this, that my wife is learning to cope with this a little bit more than she did about six months ago, especially during the hunting season. Man, I was gone for an elk hunt. I was gone for a mule deer hunt. I was gone two weeks for uh, a whitetail. So, uh, <laughs> you know, when they say fall widow, I, I think she was going to kill me. There was uh, a time 14 <laughs> days into the rut. Uh, you know, a week trip here and there, uh, uh, her mom can come and help out, but 14 days gone, yeah. uh, uh, you know, you, whether you have help or not, it's not like daddy's home and, uh, she, she was ready. I, I, and I can always, you can always tell it's gotten, it's gotten later and later every year. Like when we first had kids and even if it was just one kid, it was like two days into my rut vacation and it was, when will you be home? Whenever I get the when will you be home text, I know that shit's wearing thin at home and I got to kill something fast. <laughs> the pressure is on. The pressure's on, right? And it's not about killing a big buck. It's about, you know, being more efficient in my decision making so I can have an interaction with a buck so I can get home and get, get back to playing daddy daycare. You know what I mean? Yeah. 100% exactly so well <laughs> we could probably talk about this for uh, another hour that's uh, you know I really feel that's a uh, a good conversation how we might even split this up into a, a two-parter but I want to do a hard yeah. I want to do a hard transition right now and I want to get into late season scouting and there you have it ladies and gentlemen a huge shout out to Chad not only for coming on this podcast and, and chit-chatting with me today but Exodus was one of the first companies that actually paid me to advertise their products so huge shout out for that he and Exodus kind of got the ball rolling uh, as far as the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast and the Sportsman's Nation is concerned so uh, you know you got to give credit where credit is due and Exodus helped me out with all that huge shout out to all the partners of this podcast we have the Average Conservationist Prime Archery Ozonic Scent Elimination Wasp Broadheads Lone Wolf Tree Stands and of course our title sponsor Vortex Optics Huge shout out to all those companies because without them, this is not possible. Huge shout out to my wife who's watching my crazy kids right now. And huge shout out to you for taking time out of your day to listen to this episode. Um, that's it. Be sure to check out episode number two, part two of this conversation with Chad. And that one is actually about hunting, uh, hunting strategy and talking about uh, scouting and access routes and terrain features and all that good stuff uh, when he went on a recent public land scouting trip I think that's going to launch on Friday so keep an eye out for that and uh, like I said it's 2020 it's time to give back I am the I am on the board of directors for 2% for conservation so if you are looking to give back in some way shape or form to a conservation effort to a natural resource take a look at two percent for conservation and uh, how you can get certified i tell you what it's something that i believe pretty strongly in uh, so whatever just take a look other than that have a good rest of your week and we will talk to you on friday <laughs>